Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baylor alumni are more than 160,000 strong. When we all join hands to support our university, we don't just move the needle, we move mountains. Working together, we create life-changing opportunities for students on the field, in the classroom, in the laboratory, and in life for generations to come. So get connected, get involved. Learn how at baylor.edu slash alumni. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. And guest. Hey, welcome in. I'm sorry. Paul, if you didn't get that, that was me trying to cue you in on what was happening. Yeah, well, I thought we had like a longer thing going on there and all that. So what kind of operation are you running? I know rinky dink operation. It's my fault. Uh, although I will tell you, usually I have uh, Smokey's headset, which acts as a speaker for the entire uh, building uh, because he, it's very loud, and I can hear the theme song over there. Uh, today I could not, and so that uh, this is like this third time this has happened where you know I've been sitting there waiting to start and waiting to hear the music back there, and I don't. I can't believe that they got all your weird political opinions on camera right then. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. I just I just flat out believe that Myanmar's not a real place. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, neither is Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. Birds aren't real. Birds aren't real. What, what other internet conspiracy? Look, I don't think the world is flat or round. <laughs> I, I think it's octagonal. No. <laughs> We just live in the cube. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Um, anyway, uh, Royden Ogletree joins me today, as he does most every Tuesday. And Royden, uh, the coaching carousel spins uh, not quite as out of control as it's been in the past. No. There have been some, like this was, right. I mean, there's some surprises. Um, I think nationally, people are probably surprised at the Baylor situation. Um, I mean, every national reporter was reporting on it in real time, being like, no. He's still here, guys. Yeah. Which um, is, you know, I know every job gets reported on, but 
the amount of traction that was on the Baylor stuff was actually kind of unbelievable to me. Yeah, uh, especially especially since the local people didn't have it first. But right. anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. I'm Not just gonna, just gonna just gonna leave that floating out there. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we we didn't know until Pete Thamel did. So yeah. <laughs> funny. <laughs> but um, but anyhow, uh, Chip Kelly was surprising because three weeks ago it seemed like well. They're just going to kind of let him run out the string here, and then Ushle is going to let him go. He's he's back. Uh, but there have been other ones that are not not surprising. Jimbo Fisher should not have been a surprise to anybody that was really watching the situation. Um, well, it was also three weeks ago now, but yes. But, yeah, but I mean, like, if you go through it. Um, they did the right thing. In, in retrospect, A&M did the right thing, which is what you need to be doing as these schools. You cannot wait any longer until after – the end of the season to get a jump on these things. You need that kind of two-week buildup before the end of the season to then offer the, these coaches. They actually kind of did the right thing in retrospect. Yeah, now, and they still kind of waited a little too, yeah. too long to get their coach. But right. um, but we're going to talk about who made the who made the best hire so far, and there haven't been that many uh, hires. Right now we're still in the four, I think. Yeah, so there have been four hires. Um, Michigan State, Texas A&M. Um, Mississippi State, and I have it right here. Who am I leaving out? Michigan State, Northwestern hired their interim coach. Yeah, so they hired David Braun, and that was that was the best thing they could have done, I think, especially given how they had no right winning seven games this year. They improved. They won a game a year ago. So, and they made a six game improvement after all this got cleared out. So that was kind of the question that Shahan uh, Jerry Raja on Twitter was uh, asking. was like, what was Pat Fitzgerald doing last year? Yeah. Well, you know, when you ask him, do you have a culture problem after he gets fired for uh, haze, you know, all this hazing and stuff, he's like, no, there's no way we have a culture problem. And then you're six games better. I'm sorry, um, I'm going to need you to reassess what you think is wrong with the program. Yeah. Because it's not like in the middle of the spring when Pat Fitzgerald got fired, Northwestern became a wash in talent all of a sudden. Right. You know, so, yeah, they won seven games, and they're going to a bowl game under what was a then an interim coach. So maybe, maybe – it was a little overdue for Pat Fitzgerald to not be there anymore. Right. Well, it was the the. There's a whole other thing here too with that. Was the was the interim coach there in under that administration that came under fire? Yeah. Or was he brought in? Who was that? Uh, he was he. He's this is his first year there. Like they brought him in in the off season to be, right. the, I guess, the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And so then when they let go of Pat Fitzgerald, they just had to they promote know, him. They they promoted him because they felt he. He was the best one to run it, and, you know, hey, congratulations, smart guys. Yeah. Got it right. That doesn't always happen. Look at the Pac-12. Well, do you want to, I mean, speaking of the Pac-12, they, I mean, it's going to be no more, but what is left of the Pac-12, somebody had a funny sign, is that the Pac-12 championship was Washington and Oregon, Washington State and Oregon State, but Jonathan Smith is leaving. Yeah, which I think going through the hires, I'm going to put David Braun as, like, number four just because – it was good, but it was a weird situation, so it doesn't necessarily hey, you wanna, uh, keep doing this for a little <laughs> yeah. bit. It doesn't necessarily fall into it, although he did a very good job. But the three that have been made, personally, I'll rank them as Jonathan Smith is a home run yeah. among home runs. Uh, Mike Elko, um, also a, a great hire. And Jeff Lebby, I'm going to wait and see. I'm, and, I'm, I'm, I'm and, very and curious. 
I'm very curious on it. I, I mean, he's clearly worked his way up at Mississippi State, but Mississippi State is also one of the most difficult SEC jobs to have in that you are at best in the middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. And now you've got two teams that are historically not only better than you, like leagues better than you. I mean, way, way ahead of you. Like there's, there's no metric why you can, where you can look at Oklahoma or Texas's history compared to Mississippi state and them and them go, well, we're just right there. Right. You know, so it gets even like the sec gets harder for every coach because of Oklahoma and Texas coming in. But for coaches at Mississippi state at Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, South Carolina, it gets way, way harder because you were already hoping for that one magical year where you could be in the championship game. Now there's no divisions. Yeah. And the two teams coming in aren't exactly like, you know, like A&M and Missouri were, where they're good teams, but they're not historically legendary programs that have won multiple national titles. Yeah, well, you know, the, the best case scenario, and you mentioned it too, is for these teams – and it's for most teams in the country, actually, that aren't Alabama, Georgia, to name a few. But, like, the best that you can hope for is to poke and prod for a couple of years, gain mm -hmm. traction with seniors and upperclassmen, and then make that big leap mm -hmm. for one special year. Yeah. You see it at – I mean, I'm – Baylor alum, you see it at Baylor. You've seen it at Baylor now like three times. TCU, TCU, exactly. Yeah. TCU's the the Cincinnati before them is sort of the poster child for this. That feels impossible a little bit with how deep the SEC is now. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have a lot of have-nots, yeah. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, I I I don't like Levy as a play caller just in general, um, yeah. how he will run a program is notwithstanding uh, without that. I, I, they've always said, and, uh, is it, I'm trying to recall his name right now, but Evan Ebert has always said on Twitter that the Levy Bryles offense can get you 70 yards in the middle of the field when you don't need it and 20 yards, and can't get you 20 yards when you do need it. And uh, that feels a little reductive, but it feels sort of what has happened with the Levy teams over so the past few years. My, my, my beef with the system was always it was so boom or bust, and it had like there were things that you it didn't travel to everywhere. Right. If it was cold or raining or, you know, um, it had rained you know, but it wasn't, it was muddy. Like you couldn't run it as fast as you wanted to. And you never practiced it. Like you never practiced it in the elements, you know? So, you know, I, I can just tell you, and I've told this story many times in the air, but I was always think like, well, this isn't good. I feel like Baylor's going to lose whenever they would ask art, like, look, it looks like there's some rain in the forecast. And you'd be like, yeah, we don't like that. We don't yeah. like that. And you're like, yeah, I know that nobody likes it. Like there's, everybody's going to have to stand on the sideline or be in the stands is going to hate it too. But the fact that you are worried that your whole game plan is going to be undone by God uh, <laughs> seems like a flaw in the system in that you can't, you can't, you need to not worry about these things. Look, everybody's offense is worse in the elements, but who, who can adapt and do things when it's not? And that was the thing that about that always kind of got me was like, all right, well, if the weather's bad, the other team's probably going to win this game because they're not ready for this at all.
Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't also have the capability to go slow when it needs to. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you're playing an offense that's just as fast as you, and the decision is instead of, like, hey, maybe let's slow it down so they don't have that much time to score because we know it only takes them, you know, 30 seconds because we do the same thing. They don't know how to just slow it down and go, oh. Well, when the Leech Disciples would meet in West Virginia every year between Holgerson and Bryles, it was a bloodbath. And yeah. Of like, just, like, cars going a 1,000 miles an hour. Yeah. And, and I just – I don't know. I, I understand that Mississippi State has had uh, or had relative success under uh, Mike Leach, and now this is three generations removed under Levy of mm-hmm. that system. Yeah. But they want to go fast. That's kind of what they just want to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, more power to them, I think, if they decided that that's what they wanted to do, and clearly it wasn't working well, very look, well with their last – Zach Arnett tried to go away from it. Yeah. And you, that's why you saw that 7 3 Arkansas stinker that they had. Yeah. Uh, where Iowa was like, guys, Ew. gross. Like, hey, this grow is, up, play some real football. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is like, even we are offended by this. Yeah. Uh, so you have that game, but you don't like, I remember 7 3, and I hadn't watched Mississippi State all year. And then you kind of look down to like their offensive stats. I've got Will Rogers, who's now in the portal as a grad transfer mm-hmm. because he, he, going to want to go to a system that's like the one he was playing in. Um, Which you know. he should probably just stay. Well, I mean, for depend- like 5,000 yards. It, and it depends on his, like how quick Levy can, you know, bridge that gap, right? Yeah. And it is transfer portal season. Look, he's in, Blake Shapin's in, Will Howard's in. That's another thing we can talk about uh, later on. But um, the key to a lot of this is, is player retention, too, because you don't – I think Deion Sanders was like – a partial success story at Colorado, but he's also put himself in a situation where, you know, they're four and eight team. Like to get to where he wants to be, he needs to kind of he's gonna have another roster refresh and all this. And it's probably not sustainable in the way that he did it in year one. So you'd really rather keep enough players if they're if you feel like they're good enough to at least move you on or can play in your system year one to me. Yeah. Uh, all of the Colorado decommits yesterday. This is a completely separate topic, but all of the Colorado was like it made my head spin. Yeah, it, one after the other after the other. Anyway, um, there was a lot of interesting conversations going on on Twitter that I didn't engage with about the Levy program, and I'm just not interested in it anymore. Yeah. Um, they hired him. They have apparently made you know they have apparently weighed the choices in that. Yeah. And there's nuance in that conversation. If you want to go into it, be my guest. Yeah. I'm not interested in it any further. Yeah. I think we have all decided as college football, that, like, that is what comes first to, to a lot of people. And Mississippi State has kind of decided that and weighed those options and weighed it with the fan base and well, again, fa- measured it and found can, not guilty. You, you, look, you can, you can keep running through it, but, like, everybody who's, who worked there except for Art has been hired – yeah, like, it's kind of like five it, times. By that's now. what I'm saying. It's like, like it's, the, the nuance. It like kind of starts and ends there. Like like every like they've been vetted. Like you know, it's. I mean, everybody had like a small role that like maybe they could have done something differently. But I mean, come like if you know about the thing, you're like this is really kind of the feat of people who made a lot more money than the assistants did. Yeah, you know? I'm not. I'm just saying the the nuance there is you can you can engage on the those conversations on Twitter if you want to. Yeah, no, but yeah, I think I think it's pointless. I mean, I think that every time it happens and everybody has to clutch pearls and that way people can feel like you've 
you've significantly, you know, addressed it. But yeah, I, I don't think it's worth it. Now let's move on to Mike Elko uh, at Texas A&M. I, I, I think that was like, other than Jeff Trailer, to me would have been maybe the longer term play of a guy who could really, you know, be there. I don't think that there's much difference actually between Elko and Trailer as excellent football coaches who can run a program. And, but I do think that when it came down to it, is Jeff Trailer going to be able to keep that roster together like a guy who already knows the players, like Mike Elko? And they I recruited some of them. They right recruited here. some of them. No, and that's the thing at AM. Sometimes you want, like, you know, you want to come in and the roster, you know, like, like at Colorado, you like, you guys don't have to stay if you don't want. There's <laughs> other places. At AM, you're like, no, please stay. Like, this is us sending Jimbo Fisher out the door, is us acknowledging that you're not the problem. Right. Like, you guys are fine. No, you are talented at football, we promise. Yeah, here yes. We're we're here to try to win an SEC title with the team that most people think should be contending for the SEC title. You know, based on the recruiting numbers, AM should be contending for the SEC title. Now, recruiting doesn't always translate to that. And AM is the best example of it, maybe in the entire country year over year, of you know, even when 